It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, John and I talk all about worry. We discuss what worry is and the purpose it serves. I explain how trying to stop worry can actually make it worse and offer listeners some basic strategies. John discusses his love for Top Gun, how to clean a Nintendo cartridge, and informs me 40 minutes into the podcast that I haven't been using my microphone. Hey, good evening, everybody. No loud echoes, no disastrous starts with microphones. I already to- had a disaster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, well, you didn't have to tell anybody. They didn't know. It's, actually, didn't know. It, it's actually a really good one. Okay, what happened? So, I went live, but on my personal page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wondering where everyone Where is everybody going? Oh, my no goodness. You totally did not do that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. We're sending a second request to find more people. <laughs> it's like, are you sure you just want to talk to yourself tonight? So, well, no, well, uh, then, uh, then there it is, everybody. Uh, good evening. Hello. Uh, if this is your first time here, welcome into That Is Dr. Z. I am JB, uh, John Barchard, and uh, co owner of Last Out Media, a bunch of uh, other fun things and uh, all around uh, jack of all trades of uh, this stuff, except you know, just don't look at her blooper reel and uh, at all because we have no technical problems ever on this show. But ever. Uh, uh, tonight, uh, a whirlwind for me, as you can see, the dad eyes are setting in very, very nicely. Uh, as uh, a, a little, a little bit of a run around over the weekend and just a lot of, lot of business and uh, busyness and uh, family and all that other fun stuff. So I. Uh, I'm just chilling at home tonight, and uh, Dr. Z is uh, in her home studio, as always. Uh, and the, it's funny, because tonight's uh, session... I had a slime party today. You, what? A what six-year-old is- slime-making party. <laughs> I win. And, what, I, <laughs> and how long did that go for tonight? So, last year, my daughter couldn't have her birthday. Uh-huh. And if you know my middle one, she was definitely not okay with that. Very feisty. So, I told her... <laughs> <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> so I told her that this year she could have whatever she wanted. Oh boy! And karma bit me in the ass. You had to say she that she wanted one, huh? a slime dance party, as <laughs> I had twenty five and six year olds making slime. That is incredible. Well, congratulations! Uh, you made it. You survived. I made it. I made it. Um, and I, I guess that's. Uh, were, was there a lot of worry heading into a, a slime party with, you know, all those kids? There was a lot of anger. <laughs> a lot of anger. A lot of anger going on. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that, maybe that's for session 12. We can get into anger. Oh, anger is a party. good topic. Anger is a good topic, <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, the uh, tonight's session is, uh, is built right into, well, basically, the leading up to the five minutes when you you click that live button it is worry because that is that is like the the uh the all-around uh wonderful thing about you know doing this is just they can they, we're just prepared for all the flaws including not shaving not being remotely uh awake at all and still you know knowing that um i love being here and once we turn this on there's not a lot to worry about it's just me and dr Correct. z having a conversation so that is so true yeah it is I look it's forward just like to this this is relaxing for me yeah, yeah yeah like i i want to be here uh so much and i'm gonna try and keep my baby voice uh nice and tight here for uh for everyone in the house but um 
The, um, worry is so, uh, as uh, we were talking, obviously, before we came on here, worry is a humongous symptom of uh, anxiety. And that's where, you know, I think just like anxiety, uh, worry is probably a good thing to have in your life. It's just kind of where that line ends up being. So that's where I kind of want to start tonight is, you know, what is the difference between like a natural worry and a clinical unhealthy worry where you kind of get to? Mm -hmm. So natural worry is, you know, it gives us information, right, about our mm -hmm. world. Um, it helps us know if we're in danger or not. And the truth is, is if we worry can be a motivator. So if you think mm -hmm. about it, with no worry whatsoever, motivation and performance has been shown to go down, right? It's kind of this bell-shaped curve. So no, no anxiety gives no motivation, no performance, kind of blah. Then you hit this kind of nice little middle area where it's just enough anxiety that causes like a, a motivating force. It's healthy. It keeps you on your toes. It keeps you informed about everything around you. Um, and then it goes like this on the other end, which is where it's too much anxiety, too much worry, causes a significant decline in performance and a significant decline in motivation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of, again, you know, cliche. You know, <laughs> Uh, too, too, too much of anything isn't a good thing. Um, so, except for chocolate, and maybe occasionally Top Gun. Can we agree on that? <laughs> <laughs> Think chocolate and Top Gun. If you overdo those two things, it's okay. Anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right, Maverick. All right. So, <laughs> I'm gone. You damn right. I'm in that seat day one. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I be goose? Absolutely. Wait, I don't okay. want you to die. Let me be goose. You be Maverick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. You can throw my anyway. Go on. Okay. <clears throat> so, so, what are we talking? Oh, so yeah. So worry. Um. So the difference is that it's normal to have worry because mm. it motivates us, and it's normal to problem-solve things, but I, we'll get into the illusion of worry and problem-solving um, at some point because it's mm. critical to this, but the main difference is normal worry is, is, is <laughs> <laughs> see, I make one okay. Top Gun right. reference when normal, the whole show gets thrown off. Okay. All right, so normal <laughs> worry is just our everyday, you know, we, we have to problem-solve something, we have to think about something, but worry becomes clinical when it interferes with our ability to function in our daily lives. So it interferes with our ability to fall asleep. It interferes with our ability to eat. You get that pit in your stomach where you eat too much, you eat too little, can't sleep, um, you're up at three in the morning, uh, worry, it, it, if it's clinical, you'll also avoid situations that make you worry more, which usually looks like procrastination, which usually, which we talked about last time, which usually looks like um, social isolation. It can look like a whole host of things, missing work, not meeting deadlines. So mm -hmm. clinical worry is really when it starts to interfere with your functioning. Worry on a daily basis about things here and there, you know, how am I going to make it home in time before, you know, whatever. That's, that's normal, you know, whatever normal is. But, um, and again, even if you're having a day where you're worrying nonstop about something, mm -hmm. that still doesn't mean it's clinical because episodic worry for a day, let's say, is not clinical. What is clinical is when that worry is no longer episodic and it's continuous and it doesn't stop. And the more you try to stop it, the worse it gets. 
non-clinical worry is you're not you're not fearful of it. You're not trying to avoid it. You know what it is. It passes. It's an acute situation or, you know, so. Yeah, and that, <laughs> a DJ chiming in right there with a perfect example, I fear my worries, and that's kind of well, exactly a little bit. Yeah, so mm -hmm. here's the thing. So what happens with worry, clinical worry, it, he, he or she is exactly right. It's, it, it's a fear of discomfort. You don't want to feel that, that feeling of worry, so you avoid it. So that's exactly right. You're not... You're not avoiding worry. You're avoiding the feeling that comes with the worry. Yeah, and that's something that, uh, you know, personally I think I've experienced over, you know, probably like where a lot of us are is during this pandemic and trying to figure out a lot of solutions all at once and everything that you just kind of was in front of you, at least for me, got, you know, turned upside down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I we had mentioned that, I think, at the very first episode we ever done when we are going through Therapy 101 – and trying to identify what my weight loss was and all that other stuff. I mean, the first 20 pounds were disastrously scary. Right. And that's, that was, no one had an answer for me. And I didn't, like you said many times before, like I didn't think that my first call should be with a therapist. It is yes. so damaging and so unbelievably like, didn't know your brain was that powerful type of type oh, of yeah. movement. Right. Uh, you know, you think it's cancer, you think it's this, you think it's, it could be a, a multitude of th different things. The doctor got it wrong, whatever it was, but um, it is that powerful. And I do think uh, you've stressed this too. It's just like naturally if that worry becomes so intense, like you're describing in that clinical sense, it will affect you physically and dramatically Absolutely. all of a sudden out of nowhere. And we're not, it could be something completely other than your appetite or your stomach. It could show could be, up anywhere. It, it, it could be IBS. It mm -hmm. could be back pain. It could be migraines. When I worry too much, when my worry starts to get pretty bad, that's the first thing that happens to me. Mm -hmm. I feel a migraine coming on. Um, it's because your muscles tense. And when your muscles tense, it sends certain messages to your brain. And, you know, so it, it is very much physical. Mm -hmm. And it's not just you sitting in your head having these thoughts that loop around, which they, they do, this kind of looping thinking. But you know, it causes a whole host of physical symptoms that people don't realize, you know, especially with worry, I, I get a lot of referrals from, from gastro docs, you know, of patients mm. that have IBS or patients that have, you know, other type of stomach issues and they come in and again, I always say, I'm always the last referral. Um, mm. And, you know, and they realize that it's not that their stomach problems are real, they're very real, but ask what brought them on. It wasn't necessarily just diet, it, it, it was, it's not even necessarily something purely medical. It, mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's anxiety. Um, and so when you, and it's generalized anxiety, which the, the hallmark of generalized anxiety disorder is worry. So if you have worry at that clinical level, it's most often a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. And uh, Bia even saying is that, you know, feeling paralyzed can also, is that also a consequence of worry? That, that feeling of like... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that, yeah, because think about it, that fight or flight. It's, 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 it's if, you, if you're sending messages to your brain that, you, you know, the information you're taking around, in, around you is scary, is mm -hmm. dangerous, then, yeah, you're going you're gonna to freeze. People are completely overwhelmed by worry, and they're so scared of it that they just avoid everything, and they don't make decisions. They can't make decisions because they're scared they're going to make the wrong decision, mm -hmm. and then it just spirals from there. So it's, you know, it's, worry is, worry is tricky. And, you know, we'll talk at the end about how, how you manage that. But um, it's a natural reaction to want to stop worry. 
what I will tell you is that is 100% the wrong thing to do, period. And, and well, yeah, that is um, probably very true for a lot of this. Um, yes. And doing the opposite of what your instincts tell you to do is incredibly hard. So let's, I, I'd like to start there because I'll give you a perfect example of my worry just that happened. And I think of, of where you're kind of talking about there is that type of worry, at least for me, does lead to, oh, no, I'm heading towards a panic attack. And now that I know where it kind of feels like where it's going, I know, I know why it's doing that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. pause for a second. And mm -hmm. is because, you know, like uh, me and Carrie are very conscious of our newborn's head, you know, and if you're unfamiliar, it's still sh being shaped. And so I don't want to like. So I was so worried today that it was rubbed just wrong and it felt like I was, I was making her head tighter and tighter that I was going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I immediately turned to Carrie and was just like, uh, I know what's about to happen. I just need a second. Can you take her? And then, like, just decompressed. And for the first time, that was the first time I was able to control a panic attack from happening and, and just taking myself out of the situation. So... What you're saying is very real, very, very real. Uh, and that is the best way that I knew how to just take a pause. And then like you, you almost have to catch it before it's happening, you know, like, and, yeah, and, and panic, know that it's yes. for, panic, for yes, panic. Yes. When it goes into to that. So how do yes. we, is there a way to, you know, those baby steps that we always talk about? So how we're talking about two different things then. So panic okay. is very different than generalized anxiety disorder. I mean, sure, mm -hmm. people with generalized anxiety disorder and panic can have, you know, symptoms of each, but they're, 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 they're treated differently. Um, so for panic disorder, you know, when you say I was able to control it, I'm going to change your wording. You were and able... Sorry, that was air quotes for everybody that didn't see. I apologize. Yes. yes. You were able... <laughs> I didn't see your air quotes. Oh. <laughs> Higher, please. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> so, so you were able to take a pause, which means not avoid, not escape. You s take a pause, meaning you, you sat with your situation around you. Mm -hmm. You were very mindful of what was going on. You were very aware, very aware of what you were feeling. And you're right. If you look at panic on a scale of zero to 10, zero being absolutely no anxiety whatsoever and 10 being you know, the peak of your panic attack where you think you're going to die, you're having a heart attack. Once, a, once that feeling hits like a four or a five, basically what I tell people at that point is it's kind of like you just have to sit on your hands until it's over. Mm -hmm. Because the more you try to push it away and stop it, once it passes that point, the longer you're keeping it in play. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, you kind of have to, it's like a wave. We know with 100% certainty a wave is going to peak, and we know with 100% certainty that peak is going to fall. Mm -hmm. If you're, and I think I gave this example before, if you're trying to push against this wave to try to get it to stop, you're going to exhaust yourself, you're going to, the water's going to crash over you, like you're going to get knocked off balance, you're going to feel like you're drowning, or you can stand there, know that it's coming, Stand there, let it wash over you. Don't waste your energy trying to push it aside because it's not going to happen. All it's going to do is exhaust you and make you feel like you can't deal. Mm -hmm. um, and if you let it pass over you, yes, it's going to feel shitty, but by not fighting it, you're letting it pass a hell of a lot sooner than if you try to hold on to it. With the exception, if you catch it early at that four or five, which is why it's so important to, to acknowledge the physical sensations with panic. Mm -hmm 
because that's sometimes a lot easier for people to acknowledge than, than the other stuff, like racing heart, sweating, that, you know, tingling in your mouth and numbness, your extremities, things like that. So what you, what you did is exactly what I would tell you to do. Take a pause, step back, let it pass rather than doing all these things to try to not panic, not panic. Oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Mm -hmm. All that does is make it stay longer. It makes that peak longer. Um, and it, when you say, I just want to bring this up. When you say it goes against our natural instinct, I'm going to throw this out there because I think it's important. When we're born, our natural instinct is actually to sit with our discomfort. Mm -hmm. We are wired to be, um, what's the word we're wired to be uh i don't even want to say complacent that's the wrong word I'm, i can't think right now but we're, we're not wired for happiness mm. we're wired words, essentially right? we're wired just to be mm -hmm. we're not wired to be happy all the time it doesn't make sense and and from an evolutionary standpoint we would have been dead by now if that was the case we <laughs> right. need anxiety to to help keep us safe so um you know, we, somebody said adaptive. Yes. Thank you, Ashley. She's my spirit animal. So thank um, you, Ashley. Yes. So, <laughs> right. We're wired to be adaptive. So, um, when you say like it goes against our instincts, it actually doesn't. Mm. What happens is as we grow up and depending on the society that we're in, we're taught from a very early age, a narrative that feeling anxious is bad. Feeling sad mm. is bad grow up, get over it, move on, mm -hmm. let's go, you can do it, push it aside, don't talk about it, you're weak. So it's, it, it's actually not our instincts. What, what you're essentially saying is we're going against our narrative. Narrative. We're going mm -hmm. against the story that's been told to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, that's, uh, I mean, and that happens, happens a lot. <laughs> All say, the time. Like, yeah, yeah. All the time. Um, so what... Oh, I got you there. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I don't... I got I, you there. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure how to, how, like, how do we, how do we, can, is that a better term than instead of even using, trying to use control or even manage? Is oh, no, it, control, I don't ever use control. Oh, I know that. But, yeah. I, but, but I mean, like, what say is, is that, is acceptance is of discomfort. The ad adapting to your narrative, is that a better, or managing the narrative? Is, a, is that a better Change, term? Changing your narrative. Changing it. Okay. Changing your narrative and accepting discomfort for what mm. it is you know, for, for what it is in the moment without labeling it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I talk about this a lot. Language does us a huge disservice too at times. You know, we, we have conditioned ourselves to slap a word onto a sensation in our body, mm -hmm. you know, b b break it down like behavior 101. It, it is just a sensation. We've labeled it to take on properties of bad thoughts and feelings and all that stuff. But the feeling itself is not scary. It's the label we associate it with that makes it uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes it a complete sense. And that's why, you know, uh, it was a certain, and you're very clear about that too, if you've uh, followed Dr. Z at all. I mean, like, that's why words are particularly powerful and descriptive and they have to be mm -hmm. at the, you know, right diagnosis, the right conversation and all mm -hmm. those, those things that are associated with that. One of the exercises, this, I can't take credit for this. This is an old, 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 um, my psychologist friends on here who are mm -hmm. more kind of behavior therapy oriented will know this. I want to say it's from the seventies, but um, the milk exercise where it teaches you how words are just words and words have no meaning. Mm. 
if you say a word over and over and over and over again, what happens? If you say the word milk, 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 after a while, it starts to sound like nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I a lot of times do with people to get them to realize that the words that they're using to describe neutral sensations are actually just letters that make up sounds. Yeah. I, I'm with, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think me and Kim might get along because that's, my, my milk word is just saying fuck like 70 times over and over again. Is that the same? Of pre- whatever, no. whatever word you want to use to show you that words don't have a meaning. You could yes. use frog. You could use you yeah. know, a hot dog. You could use hot dog. But the purpose isn't the meaning of the word. Right. The purpose is to say the word until it loses its meaning, until it's just a bunch of sounds. Um, and that gives you that, that, that kind of that perception of words are just sounds we, what we do with language is what screws us up a lot um you know but as far as worry goes um you know it's the same kind of concept with you know again there's a lot of people that treat this differently mm-hmm. um how however i i've been doing this a while this is my approach with it i find it extremely effective um there are other ways to to do this obviously but mm-hmm. when you're dealing with worry and chronic worry. A lot of times people will say like, okay, well, what's the likelihood that's going to happen? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, tell me, you know, well, give me all the other things that could happen. And that works for certain situations. But when you're dealing with somebody who has chronic longstanding worry, Mm -hmm. when you do that to try to stop the worry or counter the worry, what you end up doing is just playing ping pong back and forth in your head, still inside, not being present, not in the moment. So we, I could talk to you till we're blue in the face about why the ceiling will not fall down on your house tonight. Right. And you can convince yourself. Yeah. But that's, and that's exactly what happens. (laughs) And you'll walk out of my office and in the moment, in those 45 minutes, it'll make sense to you. As soon as you walk out of my office, it's going to be, yeah, but what if this? What but if I that? didn't see that crack before. Correct. And now, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So what I do with people is, there's a lot of strategies and we can get into this, but there's a lot of strategies that I use that help people, what's called kind of, it's called cognitive diffusion or decentering, mm. where you take yourself and you put the thought outside here rather than having it being in here and you look at it. You don't judge it. You don't talk to it. You don't ignore it because you can't because it'll make it louder. Mm-hmm. You acknowledge that it's there and you gain objectivity. So you still have the worry, but you carry it differently. Um, and so I don't, you know, somebody said the, the what if. I don't even touch that. I don't even, <laughs> because, because it doesn't do anything. The, mm-hmm. only re- the only way I use the what ifs is just to have it be a red flag that you're doing it again. You're worrying yep. it again. That's it. Not and what it, if this happens. Well, what if it doesn't? I don't even. I don't even go there. But there's no point. And we are completely in a society of what if. Correct. What if? What if? From our news to our right. friends to our Correct. colleagues to a what if to our business decisions. What if? Mm-hmm. What if? What if? What right. if? What if? What if? Well, right. What if you you, you know you could wake up tomorrow and die, right. and that's the but only see, thing. I that, don't even go there with that either. Mm-hmm. I don't even, it's, it, I don't even. That helps I, me. I don't, yeah, I don't even entertain the, I don't even entertain it enough to say, well, what if you die tomorrow? Because it's like, well, what if I don't? I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I literally don't do anything with a thought except give people strategies to take it and put it here so they can look at it. It's never going anywhere. 
It's there. You can go to it anytime mm -hmm. you want. But, but what doing that does is it frees you up to be able to focus your attention and your effort and your energy onto things that you enjoy. There's yeah. a freedom in knowing that it's still there, but it doesn't own you. When you try to argue with your thought or, or manage your thought, it owns you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that happens all of the time, I yeah. think. And, and people don't realize that it does. And, and simply just because of, you know, uh, or a simple example of just being like somebody said something to you in, in a pass by and that's all you can think about for right. that entire day because it's bothering you that you didn't say something back or, right. you know, whatever it was. And instead of going, oh, that, just like you're saying, in a, in a way, how can you take that same example of saying milk, 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 and doing that with someone who just said something to you walking down the street? So there's a couple of things, and we can do a couple of them, you know, a couple exercises, but... Um... And I have a book coming out on this. <gasps> Ooh, is that breaking news? Oh, I didn't tell you. Oh. No, I'm saying for everybody. Yes, I, knew, I guess but so. I'm, yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Breaking news. <laughs> book coming. <laughs> that little inside baseball didn't work at all. I tried to see. Yeah, yeah. Right. there you go. Well, congratulations, um, Dr. Z, on, on that. Thank you, thank you. Um, so <laughs> Oh yeah. Anyway, um, so an, one, a quick, a quick and easy one that I like to do is um, I'll do one for like a worry that's not a common mm -hmm. worry that someone has, and then I'll do one that's a worry that is a chronic worry. So Perfect. it's so simple and it's so easy, but you'll see the difference. And I'll go through both styles to show you mm -hmm. what most people do, and then the, the other way. So if, if I'm having a conversation with you, and let's say for example, I say something really stupid. Yeah, like I think it's really Prince stupid. is the best uh, guitar player of all time. That'd be something stupid to say. Ah. He is. <laughs> Did you see her face? Did you see Did the you... Tom Petty when he was with Tom Petty? Oh, oh mm. unbelievable. unbelievable. What song was it? I don't know. I can't even remember. My guitar gently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you anyway. ever want to get under Dr. Z's skin, just say something bad about Prince. Okay. <laughs> so I say so something bad fun. about Prince. So yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bye. So, bye. So if I'm having a conversation and I see something really like uncomfortable or stupid, I walk away thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. They're going to think, you know, this is particularly common with social anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I can't believe I said that. I look so dumb. I look, I look, you know, so stupid of me. What most people would do is, you know, well, why do you think that was stupid? Well, because of this. Well, we can't control what people think. Well, what if they thought this? And, what? and it's back and forth. And you're consumed by it all day long. You can't focus on anything else. You end up avoiding things. You don't answer your phone because you're just so consumed. You're driving. You almost, like, run at curb because you're so focused on in your mind. So, and again, people are going to say, like, really? Does that happen? Yes, this really works. <laughs> Something like... I'm doing it again. And mm -hmm. why this works is this, because I'm doing it again, meaning you're doing what? I'm worrying about that again is very different than, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I mm -hmm. said that. It separates it. So something like, um, I'm having the thought that they think I'm stupid is also a strategy versus they think I'm stupid. They think I'm stupid is factual, it's real, there's no argument, it is what it is. But if I say, I'm having the thought 
that they think I'm stupid. Well, there's that objectivity where it loses mm -hmm. its meaning. Now it's just this free, free floating thought bubble that doesn't land anywhere. So it's these very subtle, subtle things that make a very big difference in how you perceive your worry. Yeah. Um, you know, things, things like, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm having the thought that, um, that's a really, really good one that, that I, I have people use constantly in their day to day because it, it, there's no struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, well, I'm not stupid because of this. Well, they said this and mm -hmm. there's no struggle. It's mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there. I'm having the thought that they think I'm stupid versus they think I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. I like that. Even, even though like my mind can only think in a very high British cultured voice when I say that. I am definitely going to try that. I'm having the thought that they think I'm stupid. <laughs> and I will not be tolerating that today, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the gray poupon, you stupid son of a bitch. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm having the thought that I would love a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. You just put up the Grape Poupon commercial and Top oh, yeah. Gun. <laughs> I'm, I'm an 80s baby. I'll be stuck as an 80s baby. I apologize. Oh. That's all. But uh, yes, that's a, I think that's a fantastic exercise. The, having the thought that completely devaluing it immediately almost kind of makes you analyze that and be like, oh, well, that's silly. Correct. You know, because Correct. I know myself and I'm not that, and Correct. they're just having a bad day. You know? The other thing, too, and I got to be honest, you bring that up as a strategy, you know, laughing about it, but that mm -hmm. actually is a strategy to use a different No, voice. that may, yeah, yeah, that 100%, may be. 100%. 100%. Because it separates you from the thought, right? Or yes. the other thing I have people do is give it the finger. Ooh, I literally yes. have them go like this. If they need vis Some people are visual learners, so I have them literally do this because... <laughs> It helps separate it. But notice in all of this, who's, I hate you saying the word control, but who's mm. in control? You? Yes. Yeah. You're not the thought. The thought is here, but you're not, you're not engaging in it. Yes. And like, maybe this is a weird example. Oh, God, I got really have to stop movie references. But uh, Fight Club, if you've ever seen that and you've, you're going, you know, he, when he finally realizes he is also Brad Pitt, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually him, you know, like it's just a, it's just a, yes. it's, you're, yes. you're devaluing everything that you just saw in front of you that Correct. you thought was real. You're going, Correct. oh, right. Turn that off. That's Correct. stupid. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're mm -hmm. talking to, you're talking at it rather than mm -hmm. to it. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> they, they flip their brain off. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to mention that too. I'm, uh, Kim says she's going to definitely <laughs> try that in public. Uh, yeah, just like, oh, flipping yourself That's right. That's, ex that's, yeah. exactly, that's exactly right, because our brains are out of it. Right. <laughs> we can't get rid of thoughts. You know, and that's why people try so yeah. hard to get rid of it. By getting rid of it, you're giving it power, mm. right? By ignoring it, you're giving it power. By trying to argue with it, you're giving it power. Now, again, there are certain situations, more acute situations, where, you know, challenging a thought absolutely works, where that is an extremely effective strategy, you know, what I found, though, for more chronic, long-standing worries, like generalized anxiety disorder, um, social anxiety disorder, um, it, 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 gets, you, you can, it works, but at the same time, you're still kind of assuming the thought has a true component to it. And maybe it does or it doesn't, but, but that's not the issue. We're not arguing about that. It's, it's 
the heaviness. It's the thought sitting with you all day, every mm. day. It's the, it's the dysfunction that it's causing in your life, the avoidance it's causing in your life, not the meaning of it. Yeah. And, and this is a, is, this is basically just another, and, and you've already said it already, but in terms of like deflecting something in your life, I mean, a lot of that is a, is that what a lot of clinical worry is essentially like you're just avoidance of something else that so you're just not sure. So let me explain what worry essentially is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I have more of a cognitive behavioral mindfulness model. So I, you know, this will be different for everyone, but worry essentially is two things. It's an illusion of control Mm. and it gives you an illusion that you're problem solving. So for Mm. example, that's the first part. I can worry about what I'm going to do um, during my meeting at work and I'm super stressed about it and I feel totally Mm. unprepared and I'm worrying about it all night long. I guarantee you that 99% of my worry is trying to come up with every single scenario under the sun, how I'm going to handle it, what I'm going to do, what if this happens, what if this happens. And what, what, what ends up going on in your mind is that you're, you're, you're convincing yourself that you're problem solving when in reality you haven't actually done any behaviors. You're mm. laying in your bed. So worry gives us the illusion of control, illusion of problem solving. Now, this is different than just problem solving, which is an acute mm. step-by-step forward-moving thing. Worry, if you notice, there's no forward movement. It's a loop. That's the difference. So people always will say to me, well, then what, you know, if I have to figure something out, figuring something out is different than worry. (laughs) Worry loops. Figuring out is problem solving. Um, So worry gives us the illusion that we're problem solving when really all it does is keep us stuck. And we don't engage in any behaviors, any any type of constructive behavior. We we sit on our couch for 30 minutes. We, Mm -hmm. We haven't done anything. The other thing that that worry does that people don't realize is if you're really uncomfortable about something, you feel icky, you don't like the situation you're in, you just, it doesn't feel good. It's causing Mm. you panicky sensations. It's causing you to just feel uncomfortable, bringing up stuff for you that you don't want to think about. Worry is technically, is usually where people then go to because as long as you're up in your head worrying about it, where are you not? You're not present, focused, sitting with your discomfort. So worry is actually an avoidance strategy to not have to sit with your emotions, with how it feels physically. Because if you're worrying about it, you're not, you're not here, which mm-hmm. is why those decentering strategies are good because they, they force you to have to be present with the worry over here, if that makes sense. Yes. And is there, um, like, it, uh, and I'm, I'm not, is, is there something other than just those healthy baby steps that, you know, you recommend, is there medication? Is there something to kind of at least get you yeah. settled to, 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 or at least explore that? And what, yeah. What? So with, with generalized anxiety disorder, medic, because it's almost like a personality style, like, mm-hmm. and I think we talked about this when I, when I, when I do someone's evaluation, one of the, when I'm assessing for anxiety, even though this is not a clinical question, but I find it very useful and very helpful. When I say, are you a warrior? Yes. Mm. Have you always been a warrior? Yes. You know, mm. you can just tell in the answers. If it's like, well, sometimes I'm like, no, 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 okay, yeah, you're good. That, right? you're good. <laughs> uh, you know, but um, but generalized anxiety disorder is 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 chronic. It's almost a personality style. You don't know how to not worry. You don't know what that feels like. You've always done that for various reasons. So for that, um, 
medication and therapy is, in my opinion, best. I think that the medication helps take the edge off a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, an SSRI is excellent. You do not go on benzodiazepines for generalized anxiety disorder, meaning Xanax, Valium, Clonip, and Ativan are not for generalized anxiety disorder. It is probably the worst medication to go on. Oh. You need something that builds up in your system. Um, Very so, good note on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. It, it, I, and I am sure the other psychologists on here cringe when they hear people getting prescribed Xanax, Ativan for generalized mm. anxiety disorder. It makes our blood boil because um, it gives you rebound anxiety because that's something you should take once every six months. Um, you know, oh, wow. whereas, okay. whereas an SSRI, like an uh, effects or uh, not effects, a Lexapro or Zoloft, those are things that you want to use for that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, medication is helpful, but medication doesn't doesn't change behavior, behavior strategies, right? right? right. It doesn't change personality. It doesn't change coping styles. It takes the edge off, but you're still going to worry with no coping skills. So that's why therapy is essential for generalized anxiety disorder. Um, Panic disorder as well. You know, if you have mm -hmm. a panic, like for example, if you have a panic attack when you fly, mm -hmm. okay, um, you can take a Xanax, you know, or an Ativan or Clonopin. You, you know that when you fly, you're anxious, you take it. If you don't take it, you'll have a panic attack, but it's like episode, you fly once every three to six months, you take it, you're good. Mm -hmm. But if you have panic disorder, which is where you're having chronic panic attacks or, you know, bordering on agoraphobia where you don't want to leave your house because you know, what if you can't find an exit? What if you, you know, mm. you're at the, you can't leave if you need to go somewhere. So it's easier to stay home. You keep avoiding, you get a panic attack at the supermarket. So now you avoid going there. So you go to Wawa instead, but then you have a panic disorder is like a virus. It, it grows into other areas. It generalizes to other things that then trigger you as well. Claustrophobia, uh, one of those big things. Agoraphobia, agoraphobia, agoraphobia where you don't leave your is? house, but you don't gotcha. leave your house not because you're scared of the outside. You don't leave your house because you're scared you're going to have a panic attack. So um, with something like that, again, an SSRI would be extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and either cognitive behavior therapy is excellent for panic disorder. So looking at your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, and how it all kind of interplays together. Um, or more of a you know standard behavior approach where you're kind of sitting with the discomfort you're not acting on it to get rid of it you're not acting on your thoughts you're just kind of waiting you know being mindful of how you feel in the moment um so medication is helpful for for those things for sure the more kind of long-standing but if you're having mm -hmm. acute panic attacks i don't sometimes you can kind of just get through that without having to to do all that um, yeah. it just depends again on the level of 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 interference in your functioning um the other thing too i just want to say about worry and mm -hmm. this is more recent research has come out with this um in the last 10 years i think and i couldn't for the life of me tell you the studies but anyway but it's research has shown <laughs> that um, just yeah, trust us on this one just trust yeah. us on this the other thing that worry does is it it serves as like a cushion almost for um I don't, let me try to explain this right it serves as a cushion for if something bad happens it's almost like the fall is less because you were already prepping yourself for the worst case scenario so you're worrying about something and then it happens the emotional decline that you have to experience is less because you've already kind of almost like exposed yourself to that in a way so it also can serve that purpose as well so there's, there's research on that too 
Excellent. What's well, uh yeah, it's great information. Um uh, and I wonder is like I guess sometimes I get confused on things like meditation, which I absolutely love. I think that's one of the like healthiest things I've I've put into my lifestyle here. Is that helping? Is that just a coping? Is that just taking the edge yeah. off? Is that so meditation, mindfulness meditation. So mm-hmm. you don't even have to just do meditation. You could, what are the exercises? It's very common in the work that I do is just even standing at the sink, washing your dishes, mm. feeling the soap on your soap, hands, yes. feeling the water. Mm-hmm. And when you drift off, because you will, the goal isn't to not drift off in thought. The goal is to acknowledge that you've drifted off and bring yourself back mm-hmm. to center, back to the water, back to, you know, people say like, I couldn't do it. My mind kept going. And I'm like, no, no, no. Your mind's supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to bring yourself back quicker each time. No, you know, getting better skilled at being able to bring yourself back to the present. And a lot of those um, mindfulness exercises help you to kind of bring yourself back to that mm-hmm. center with the understanding that when you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you're going to check out. Yep. And in its extreme form, you know, we talk dissociation. That, that I mean, that's... In, I just said that word. Dissociation. Dissociation. <laughs> Dissociation. Dissociation. So, <laughs> so, you know, people that have severe trauma, they will dissociate at times because for whatever reason they're being triggered, it's so uncomfortable, they just check out because being mm-hmm. present is way too scary and painful and your mind just says, nope, out of here, goodbye, mm-hmm. you know, like checks out. So it's, it's that, but on a way lesser level. So it's important to bring yourself back to center with whatever it is you want to do, whether it's mm-hmm. something that you can taste. So there's that five, four, three, two, one strategy where it's like mm-hmm. five things you can see, four things you can, you know, touch, three things. And you go through all your senses. And so meditation is very helpful because it forces you to have to be present with everything that's coming mm-hmm. up for you in that moment. Um, and it's hard. Meditation, I find it extreme. I find mindfulness meditation extremely difficult. It is. It's a, uh, um, I mean, I wouldn't even say, <laughs> I mean, I barely touched the surface on it. But one of the things that, and I don't know if this is helpful for anybody else, but uh, I try to find, you know, those meditation um, tapes or what, uh, t- tapes. I just said tape. No one has you a tape. You said tape. Uh, I try to find those meditation YouTube Do you channels. play them after Atari? I do. Yes, I do. And then sometimes I blow in my Nintendo cartridge when it's not working yeah. as well. Okay. Yes. Okay, yes. Good. My talk boy comes out. What's your Tetris it's a score? Uh, I, have no, I have no idea. I hated Tetris. I wasn't a big fan of it. I never know why everybody likes it. Um, but... Uh, when uh, I like to find those very deep subsonic sounding meditation YouTubes yeah. that are like 10 hours long and yeah. try to crank them up and be completely submerged under bathwater at the same time and just try and feel that subsonic. And that's what mm-hmm. helps me kind of get into a rhythm. Yep. And then sometimes, very occasionally, you go into that. I think what people describe as that outer body experience or whatever, when you're kind of feeling like just floating and and then all of a sudden you realize you're in it. And I was so happy that I got to it. It freaked me out that it didn't last that long. I was like, oh, I found it. I found it. Great. And I've been chasing that for the last three and a half months, you know, or whatever. Because that's where you are literally mm -hmm. just being in the moment. It's a a moment. It's not the before. It's not the after. It's literally Mm -hmm. just 
every single moment. And it's a very strange, strange feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, heavenly. It really does like slow down the worry. It, it, it does that same all the, even the silly examples that we were doing with the great Poupon and all that yep, stuff. It's just exactly. like, I remember it is, this is going to sound awkward. So, I, but I do remember having very early on in my life, that same feeling and not understanding that what I was doing was literally devaluing everything that I was seeing in the moment. And I, and I remember saying to myself like, Oh, we're just stuff. We're just a bunch of stuff. And I remember being like seven or eight years old and like yep. understanding that. Yes. And, being, and then, you know, finally, it takes forever to get back to that moment. And here I am at 38, finally reimagining that concept again. So Correct. it sounds ridiculous if it's you're not. not used to this, but it is not. It's yeah. not. And that's exactly what, and mm -hmm. I mean, listen, like unless meditation is, is a daily practice interwoven constantly, you know, it's very, very, very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, you know, I don't, I personally don't like it. And, and, and I know why I don't like it. I don't like it because, you know, I'm. Because you lost control? I, it, 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 you know, it's, it's just, I like, I don't like being, and this is something that I work on constantly. I don't mm. like being not, not when I say I don't like being still, meaning I don't like, like I, I like, I need to move. And, and actually like if I'm playing <laughs> tennis, right? Like I'm so zoned in and so mm. focused and so present easier for me to do it with that than it is being like physically still if that makes sense that but, makes complete um, sense it's but it's very difficult i mean i i do i try to do mindfulness things all the time even something mm -hmm. as, as ridiculous as when you're in, when you're in your car you know you drive from home to work you couldn't you have no idea how you got from point a to point b <sighs> right too you're often. an automatic yeah. pilot Mm -hmm. Our brains, we have to be on automatic pilot sometimes, otherwise we'll be in stimulus overload, right? Mm -hmm. So our brains go on automatic pilot for things that we know how to do without thinking about. But if you ever tied your shoe and been fully present, no, no. try it. <laughs> but that's being mindful, right? Yeah. Be, and I'll let you know the secret. I think I said this. I tie my shoes wrong, and I didn't know that until I started tying. Wait my a minute. How do you tie your? Wait, how do you tie your shoes? I don't even want to talk about it. No, about we it. have to talk I about it. I want to talk about it right now. I, we, <laughs> I want to avoid it. <laughs> I'm not letting you out of this until. But continue. No. Yeah. So I didn't realize that until my until I started teaching my son how to tie his shoes. I just. And I was I just, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it was possible that there was a wrong way to tie your shoe, but you have found it. I have found it. Do you? Do you? There's no shoot, sloop, whoop, or whatever the the phrases that everybody that everybody's got I mean, a common. There is, but not really. But no, but there kind of is in my own way. Do so you like way. tie it around your finger too tight no, first or I'll, something? I'll do a demo next time. <laughs> I wish I had a shoe around me. I have to. Um, this is see. There, there we go. Yeah. I'm having so, the thought. I'm having the thought that I need a shoe. Correct. To demonstrate a diagnosis, but I really don't. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. So yeah. So if also like driving to work, <laughs> feeling your hands mm. on the steering wheel, feeling your butt in the seat, feeling how your back feels against the chair. These are all strategies to bring you into the present moment. Notice none of this involves saying stop worrying. Ah, none okay. of it is yeah. like, we're not even we're, what the worry is we're not even we're not even <laughs> engaging I, it can i say what's been hilarious actually that i just realized that you're gonna laugh at 
You've been holding your microphone in your hand and not in your ear. <laughs> no, because this keeps falling out. I know, but that's your microphone. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, Dr. Z seems awfully distant sounding tonight. And it's weird. Damn it. And then it's because her mic's been out of her ear the entire time. <laughs> See, you thought we were going to be clean tonight, and look, we we just. <laughs> I was like, she's she's got a mic in her head, just flailing it around. Oh my god! So all anyone's going to hear is this. Like, you're going to have to fix that. <laughs> we got you. So by the time you're listening to this, I hope it sounds good. <laughs> no, it didn't sound bad. Can it you just hear me like, now? Oh yeah, no. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. I mean, it sounded fine. Everybody heard you, so it wasn't like... But still, that's a new one. I can't breathe either. Did you I see? You. Oh, I, oh my God! Can we, can we get? Oh. Can we get can, I think we can. If I remember anything about what we're oh okay. oh mindfulness okay. brings back to the moment. Okay. Oh, look how sweaty we got again. Oh my lord. Okay, everyone, bring yourself back to my voice so you can hear now. I'm having the thoughts. All right. So wait. Before we end, I just. I just <laughs> you can't breathe. I am having a like I just want to do a quick exercise to show people how to decide themselves from the you, you got it. Her, her mic's not on. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Ooh. So I'm going to say the exercise and then, um, and then. I'm going to have you guys, you can do it now or you can do it later. But if you have mm. paper and pencil with pencil, if you have paper and pen with you, or you can do it in your phone, whatever you want to do. Um, <laughs> so I want you, I'm going to just, I want you to sit for 30 seconds. John and I will just stare at each other. <clears throat> and for 30 seconds, I just want you to sit with a very uncomfortable thought or feeling that you've been having and just sit with it and just feel it and think about it. <laughs> so useless. Stop. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm, to I'm doing what's known as corpsing where you're trying not to so hard okay. that you act. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Sit for 30 seconds. I just want everyone to just sit with, how they're thinking and feeling about something uncomfortable and just sit with it. Don't do anything, but just close your eyes and feel it. And I'm looking down so I don't look at John. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So now what I want you to do is you'd make a list and the list is going to say name, shape, mm. size, mm -hmm. texture, 
smell, weight, sound, and did I say color? You did not. Color. Okay. I missed one. I'm sorry. Name, shape, Name. size, something that begins with a T? Texture. Texture. Thank you. Texture. Texas. So that, again, if you missed all those, name, shape, size, texture, smell, sound, and color. Correct. Is that correct, Dr. Yes. Z? Okay. And so normally I have people do it for 60 <clears throat> seconds, but because we've wasted a third of the podcast laughing, we only did it for 30 <laughs> seconds. But so. I, I will say I did calm down. And, and when you told me to sit in the worry, I go, yes. I'm worried I can't stop laughing. And I Perfect. go, it's because you're being ridiculous. And then it instantly diffused it. So it Perfect. does work. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. Yes. So what I want you to do now <laughs> is that feeling that you had, and you can do this again later if you can really, really sit with the feeling. If you were to give that sensation, that feeling, that thought, that way, all of it together and lumped it into one big package, right? What human name would it have? What color would it be? What shape mm. would it be? And so you give it all of these characteristics. And then, you know, if you name it like, I don't know, let's go through it together. What's a human name that you could give your worry that you just had? Uh, giggles. Giggles. No, that's not that's a human not a name. Human name. Uh, we'll call that Rick. Rick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were doing so good. Rick. Okay. Rick. Okay. Yes. What's next? Uh, shape. shape. So what shape would your worry be if it had a shape? A cone. Okay. Uh, I'd say it's about the size of a traffic cone. Okay. Uh, I would say the texture of it is very gooey. Okay. It's just yuck. The smell of it smell like reminds me of a kid's party. Uh, the the <laughs> the weight. Uh, um, I'm actually not sure. I'm gonna have to come back to that one. Okay. Uh, it sounds ridiculous. No, no, no. A sound. Oh. Like a noise. A noise. Oh. Uh, like car brakes. Okay. And the color is dead red. Like okay. beet red. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> the weight. Describe that again. Of, of, How, if you like, were to hold it in your hands, mm -hmm. what would it be? It would be like a... A pointy rock. Okay. A pointy thick rock. So heavy? Heavy, yes. Okay. Is that the last one I gave you? I think, yeah, so that's okay. it. So it so reads me everything. <laughs> it, uh, it's, supposed my, to, it's supposed to be jarring, so it's yes. perfect. So read it. Uh, it's uh, um, the name of my uh, worry is Rick. It's like a cone, but specifically a traffic cone that's gooey. And okay. smells like a kid party that's very heavy. And it sounds like it's car brakes in my ear. And I definitely see a fire engine red when I think about it. Sounds like my party today that I had at my house. <laughs> it's full circle. You see? That's um, what I mean. So what, the reason why, and this will make sense when you guys actually really do this thing like separate mm -hmm. outside of this ridiculous podcast today. But, um, <laughs> but what that does is it's given your worry all of these characteristics. And if you notice, what are they based on? Sight, smell, right? Texture, mm -hmm. um, sound, all that stuff. 
So it literally is an object now that you can envision, hear, and see. And so when your worry comes up, you know, there's a, like, oh, there's Rick the slimy screeching rock or what, you know, however yeah. you want to categorize the words. <laughs> But yeah. I make it so that it's really jarring for people so that it really is a strategy to like actually take that feeling and give it something that they can actually like look at on like right here. Notice I didn't ask you what your worry was. I didn't challenge mm -hmm. your worry. And again, there's different ways to do this. Sometimes, you know, obviously people may challenge worries and evidence for it against it. And that works fine. This is just how I choose to do it. But w if you notice, I haven't said anything about the content of your worry, the yeah. trueness of your worry, the falseness of your worry, the likelihood of your worry. What I did was have you take your worry and put it in a different way to carry it differently so that you can look at it rather than have it kind of own you. Yes. And you can walk around all day and anytime that, that worry, that particular worry comes up or the sensation of that worry comes up, you know, like, oh, there's Rick again. Yeah. There he is. There like, he is. you, Rick. Like that's, yep. and that's, I have, and it sounds ridiculous, but it, that's diffusion. That's, yeah. that's what you do. And that will, before you know it, the you'll be able to do what you need to do and at the same time have that sitting right here rather than trying to do what you do but have it like stuck in you and not being able to focus or concentrate. Yes. You know, this is why people often say like, oh, I have such ADHD, which is a whole other thing. And I'm like, oh God, no, you have anxiety. Nope. Of course you can't concentrate. Look what you're thinking about all day mm -hmm. long, this worry. So if we take the worry and put it over here, now you have that whole pizza, right? To focus mm -hmm. on the things that you want to really do. Yes, and you should, there's people in here that don't know what a kid's party smells like. I mean, come on, how do you not know it's a, it's, it smells like birthday cake, pizza, uh, a little bit of You know who describes it the best? Who's the comedian, Sebastian? Oh, he's one, I'm blind. Oh, Sebastian Ganikowski? Okay. No. <laughs> oh, uh, that, that is a football Mon kicker. It begins Mon with an M. M, yeah, okay. I know who you're talking about. He, yeah. you, yeah, just totally off topic, but he has the funniest, the funniest description of a kid's birthday party ever. Which so, is? Oh, but he does it better, so you're not going to say it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you I got it. I got you. Okay. But anyway, so, so that's a really good strategy, too. And if you notice that, plus I'm having the thought that as that milk exercise I gave you that's totally not mine, um, you know, they all have the same theme in common. Not one of them does the content of your worry come up. Mm. What comes up is, is your willingness to separate yourself from that and sit with the discomfort, mm -hmm. you know, rather than trying to stop the thought and, and you know, stop trying to think about it and um you know it's it i do this exercise too with people it's on my it's on my instagram in my highlight section but and again i can't take credit for this either this was i think stephen hayes maybe who did this one but if for you know you think about a black dog for 60 seconds let's say and all you do is you close your eyes and think about the black dog that's it that's all you do and then you do another 60 seconds where you tell yourself don't think about the black dog whatever you do don't think about the black dog mm -hmm. What do you think you're going to do? All you're going to do is think yeah. about the black dog. And so what it shows you is, A, you can't stop a thought. The more you stop it, the louder and the bigger it gets. And in both situations, you thought about the black dog regardless. Mm -hmm. So do you want to think about the black dog and feel more at peace and be able to focus on other things too and welcome the thought? Or do you want to fight against the thought constantly, avoid it constantly, and be completely emotionally drained at the end of that 60 seconds? Mm -hmm. 
either way, you're going to have it. Which way do you want to carry it? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, and um, one of the things that I wanted to close out with before you know we left everybody tonight was it's actually – at this point, it's a bonus episode. If you can, if you can get in there. We still got to talk to Apple, those sons of guns. But in our, we did an episode about procrastination and perfectionism, and you had mentioned in that that worry is a, you know, uh, hugely connected to those two things. And I just wanted to see if you could elaborate that, uh, elaborate on that a little more this week. Why? Why is it so connected to uh, both of those things and procrastination and perfectionism? Uh, you want me to do it now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said this week. I'm like, right, we can do it on Tuesday. No. Um, so, <laughs> oh, did I say this week? I'm, I'm my bad. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what I just you meant that. like like th this week, meaning today. Yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. As mm -hmm. in, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, <laughs> the reason why worry is such a significant component of procrastination is because it, let's say you are fearful of how you're going to do on an exam or you're scared that you're going to completely bomb a presentation that you have at work mm -hmm. um, or you have all these bills to pay but you're in you know financial distress and every time you see these bills the thought of writing it it just gets your stomach in knots so what do you do to avoid not the bills not the presentation not your exam not mm -hmm. studying avoid the discomfort that you think you're going to have so in order to avoid that discomfort and avoid the worry that you're going to have, you don't pay your bills. You put it off, you put it off, you put it off until you get more fines and more fees and more bills. Mm -hmm. You put off your, you know, your paper that's due or your, your project that's due at work because you don't want to sit with the worry of what if this, what if that, what if this. So you avoid it, you avoid it, you avoid it. And all that does is make that worry and that discomfort louder and bigger and bigger. So worry is, again, an avoidance strategy because, remember, I said in the moment, it takes you out of the present moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it keeps you, gives you this illusion of safety or this illusion of problem solving when in reality, you haven't problem solved anything because your bills still aren't, still aren't paid. Mm -hmm. But you think that you are by worrying about it. But in reality, you haven't actually done the necessary behavior that's going to reduce those feelings. And is that where, like, a lot, I mean, uh, kind of like just you start using excuses a lot of the time in your life because you feel sure. like you're doing doing stuff right at that point. Sure. You're not yeah. even realize you're doing harm. Yeah. Um, I don't think you you know you're avoiding the the task, but I don't think mm -hmm. people understand avoidance. It's not avoidance of the task. It's avoidance of the discomfort that you think mm -hmm. you're going to have that builds and builds and builds, and that's what causes you know anxiety and depression. Yes. Yeah. And that happens, uh, happens, has happened to me a lot, like mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of just the, the distraction of the task or whatever I'm conjuring up at that moment is, you know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's still things I'm working on and to find out why that happens from time to time. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, something that I, I, you definitely have to stop yourself from, from getting into because it is, you know, incredibly unhealthy for it. It is. And, and you <laughs> yeah. know, not to, not to make this sound so simplistic because it, believe mm -hmm. me when I tell you it's not, and I work with people for months, years on this yeah. stuff, but when you're feeling really crappy, anxious, worrying, and you're like in the thick of it and you can't, you, you're just so in it. Mm -hmm. One, one thing that I have people ask themselves in the moment, even if, even if they don't end up doing it, but just to acknowledge that they're 
that they're worrying is when they feel they're in that slump and they, they're, they, they're in their head so much and they go, an hour's gone by and they haven't done anything they said they were going to do or they watch TV and they don't even know what the hell they just watched <laughs> or read, read something and have no idea and have to read it again. Ask yourself in the moment, did I just worry or did I actually do something? Because mm -hmm. even though you're not going to like then get up and do it right away, at least you're aware and you're mindful of like kind of what direction you were going. So it helps you be more aware of it going forward. Like it take it, it catch it. You'll catch it again. Cause remember it's not, the goal isn't to not check out the goal is to be able to bring yourself back. So mm -hmm. any type of grounding strategy. So ask yourself, did I do a behavior? Was I in my head? Simple question. Simple question. And, and, you know, most of the time that you're in your head, it's going to be because you were, there was something around you you didn't want to deal with or you didn't want to feel mm -hmm. or you didn't want to take on. So in theory, the only way that you will feel better, the only way you will do better is to do the behavior you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I work yeah. with people, cut it down into really small steps make it manageable, insultingly small steps if you need to. Um, and you don't wait for the worry to go away before you do it. Mm -hmm. You have to do it, even if it's the smallest, even if it's you pay one bill out of 30, mm -hmm. even if it's you, you read one page out of 100, you do it and at the same exact time you feel like crap. Do it and at the same exact time worry. You can't wait for your worry to stop before you do the behavior because the only thing that stops the worry is the behavior. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it, it's almost like that. Um, it's probably more cliches, but that like, whatever, however many times, five seconds of courage, 30 seconds of courage or whatever, to just kind of make that action happen. And that's, that's a small baby step that I, have tended to use in my life too. And just being like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen essentially. And, and going to find out. And I think the ability to, if you can tell yourself to go find answers, that's, that's just a, a, a great place to start. Like mm -hmm. you keep reminding yourself you're here to find answers and not to, you know, that's right. Run yourself in circles. And uh, that's right. Cause the only way you're going to get an answer isn't by, worrying to find the answer because worry isn't mm. a behavior, right? Right. It doesn't exist. Remember we talked about that? If, a, if I can't video it with my iPhone, it's not a behavior. Mm -hmm. I can't film you film. I can't video you worrying. Mm -hmm. It'll just look like you're looking at something. But yeah. I can watch you pay a bill. So when in doubt, if it's a worry or a behavior, because oftentimes the lines get blurred if you're so used to wearing, it feels like you're doing something, right? It's that illusion that you're doing something. Mm -hmm. um, if I can't see it, it's not a behavior. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's, uh, I'm so glad you said that. That's, uh, and, and even to, you know, now where I even uh, know if it's something like Weighing about the bills, as you're, as you're saying, or whatever it is, it's more of, of looking behind that, you know, constantly. And if you're not looking behind those things, then you probably are worrying too much about that same cycle over and over. So, um, Dr. Z, amazing as always. <laughs> Half a mic, one mic, I, we're I, here. I, I, yeah, I, hopefully everyone can hear me and you won't hear my hands, like, rocking against 
<laughs> no, honestly, it wasn't I, in real time. Right. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Uh, nothing hopefully... to worry about there. Okay. 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 <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, you know, as this goes along, as we like to say, please, uh, as you're given wonderful support to us every Sunday night. I mean, this is, this is like we say, it's a bunch of fun here. This is what it's supposed to be. And we didn't even think therapy could be fun. So, uh, who, who knows, uh, to all those doubters, there you go. Therapy can be fun. So it's, it's, we want to keep it that way. It was our intention. And, uh, you know, I learned a ton, uh, and I hope you guys do too. And this is, uh, something that, you know, we hope to to do forever and need your support in doing so. So the easiest common way, go subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, you know, Pandora, wherever you find your podcast, yell on Amazon. Hey, well, and leave us reviews. Yes, reviews do. <laughs> Let us do know how us. well yeah. we're doing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I want you to, and this is uh, uh, Lynn Marie bringing it up. I want you to know I always watch the podcast again, and I'm wondering what happened to session eight. I will make sure at, right now you can go into uh, Dr. Z's uh, profile on Instagram and click on her Simplecast link right there. All of the episodes will always be there if you missed any. We are still currently yelling at Apple. Uh, because if for some reason it didn't punch through on uh, session eight, but it did everywhere else. So yeah, I think right now actually I was I had a TV segment today, so I put oh, that, that in my link. But, but you, you I, can, it is definitely on mine. If but you go I'll take on, it. I, I, mm-hmm. I'll take it off anyway and put it back up. So it'll be on my in my bio. If you click on it, it'll bring you to. Well, no, mine brings you to Apple. Well, I'll I'll make you just at, okay. at, at John Marchard if you're listening to this, and I know that's uh, that's on uh, my link tree link right there, so it's always have there. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's a, it's a it's a, our podcast page is called Simplecast. It's where everything kind of gets shot out to, or where all you listen. But if if for some reason it's not there, it will be there, and I'll make sure it's uh, posted up on uh, on my page. And Doctor Z will do the same here too shortly. So. Um, Thank you again for watching and listening. So uh, we will see you next Sunday with more content. And, hey, let us know what topics you would like to cover because, like we said, it's a fire hose. We can go anywhere with this stuff. And uh, the day-to-day life of uh, worry and anxiety is probably in all of us. So whatever you're going through, it's probably a good topic to bring up because I'm going through it too, and that's kind of the point of this. So thank you so much uh, for watching and listening. Dr. Z, we'll see you next week, hopefully with the microphone in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye, guys. We'll see you soon.